Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. There is a lot of talk out there about going greener and being more sustainable or eco, but how many businesses are actually acting on these claims? Enter Jolian Bennett, or Jolium if you're posh, CEO and founder of Juice, that's the mobile phone accessories manufacturer, by the way, who is on a very deliberate mission to not only ensure his company is manufacturing in a more sustainable way, but it's also rolling out an incentive to help others, even his competitors, dare I say, to do the same with their own label ranges, Tesco being one of the first to work with him. On top of this, he's actually taking a hit for the environment by not increasing any of his pricing on his eco packaging so as not to put customers off buying it and to encourage more sustainable shopping. Sounds like a sounds like a saint on earth to me. I know, oh, I yeah. sound amazing, don't I? I'm like, I'm totally in. Who is this you, guy? You are. Um, I have to say, I said to you at the top of the show, I've I've been absolutely buzzing about speaking to you today because everything I've read, seen, heard from lots of different people, it just leads me to the conclusion that today is going to be full of stuff, full of great takeaways, but a lot of fun as well. And uh when you're doing as many podcasts as I do, um, it's great to have a bit of fun along the way. So, uh, Jolian or Jolian, I'm still laughing about that. Yeah, when you said I mean, I'm people. not posh, so keep it to Jolian, <laughs> will you? Like, I'm, uh, like, uh, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm, I'm really not very posh at all. If that's what you're looking for, I'm that's brilliant. Jo- Jolian, it is then, because I don't think I'm posh Joe, either. Joe, if you want, by the way, Joe will. Oh, okay. Well, like, I, um, I really like Jolian, though, as a name. Okay, I think you that's do really it. cool. Yeah. Okay. I'll just get confused. At my age, it's just given me too much to think about. No um, op- operating this whole podcast system is hard enough. Trying to remember somebody else's name is, is really difficult. Okay, so Jolien or Joe, how uh, you know? How do we know a little bit more about you? Just start at the beginning and tell okay, us. Um, I'm really, so- I'm really, really interested because there's so many things that have happened to you. You know, risking your home to build a business, which we'll talk about in due course. I'd love to know, as would everyone else. A little bit, bit more about Jolian Bennett, the, the guy that I'm talking to today. Okay, so I was the guy at school that wouldn't stop talking. I was the guy, you know, the one in the class that always had something to say, that always when the teacher said something, um, I would always be the one that um, uh, made the joke. I mean, uh, from, from the few seconds that we've spoken, I feel like you might have been that guy as well. And yes, so, sir. And I was the one that got sent out of class. I actually had more detentions to do um, than I had time left in school. So when I left school, I still had another three months worth of detentions to finish, but I'd left so I couldn't do them. Um, But never anything, always being cheeky. I got um, kicked out of business studies for arguing with the teacher too much. Um, uh, And um, I had this fractious relationship with school, which I loved. I had such a nice time at school. Um, but I always was um, just completely full of, well, I don't think that's right. And I don't think that's right. And always had my own opinions. And um, I went to uni in Brighton only because Brighton was the best place in the country to go clubbing. 
I absolutely loved um, nightclubs in the 90s and the, the hotspot was in Brighton. So I studied sports science there, which was the easiest um, course to get on. I wanted to go to uni to have fun. I didn't want qualification outfit. I just wanted to go and have fun. And and you know what? I think that's okay. If my children ever go to university and they want to go and have fun, then you know what? Go and have fun. Um, uh, in 1998, I graduated and and I realized I had to try and get a bit more serious. I'm still not sure what getting serious means, um, but I had to get a job to um, pay back some debt. And so I was a barman and uh, this guy walked into the pub um, who was a local uh, in this small Oxfordshire village where I grew up. And he, he was looking really stressed out. And I said, you know, what's wrong? What's going on, Rich? Are you okay? And he was like, oh, my sales manager has walked out. He worked for a, um, a mobile phone distributor. My sales manager's walked out. I don't know what I'm going to do. Loads of work for me. And I basically said, look no further. I'm your man. And that was my first break into mobile um, technology, working for this small distributor. Um, as they didn't give me the sales manager job, but um, they gave me a title of telesales team leader. And that was my first... Um, I, was, I had a degree, so I was management, of course, right? That's where I, my brain was at. And that was my first break into telecoms, working for very entrepreneurial um, uh, guys who um, taught me so much. And um, over the next seven years, that business grew from a startup um, to um, being, um, you know, having 130 million um, turnover, join almost business, then went bust. Um, so I, I was brought into telecoms um, in a startup and learned very quickly um, uh, what I needed to do in order to uh, get a business going. And um, I loved it. I still love that business. And I worked for some amazing people. I love, I love what you said so far. I'm just going to pick a few sound bites out, if I may. First, the whole, this whole sense of fun. I mean, you exude it. Everything you say, do, the smile on your face when you speak. I mean, it's really refreshing. So we'll, we'll come back to the fun side of things. And I love the fact you've just given me permission to be juvenile for the rest of my life. Because yeah, uh, don't grow up. It's a trick. <laughs> like, why do you have to do it? Like one of my <laughs> one of my favorite sayings, don't grow up, it's a trick. Um, it is, it is yeah. totally a trick. Um, you know, like I when I run around with my daughters, um, and we've all got electric scooters and we scoot around the place, and it's so much fun. Why do you have to go and do the grown-up stuff that that people think are like anyway. Um, yeah. So my growing up was getting a job, um, uh, which I loved. Um, I, uh, I I tell you what, I also love what you just said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing slightly. Forgive me, but you basically said that you know an opportunity presented itself, and you just kind of went, "I'm your man." And it, it the reason I'm saying this is that a lot of people kind of get a bit confused because they wake up. And they go, but I haven't got a dream. I haven't got this burning ambition. I didn't go to school to study to be a heart surgeon. I don't really know where I want to go in life. And so they think they don't have purpose. But what you're saying is it's okay not to have a dream and ambition. Sometimes as long as you just present yourself, you know, put yourself in the way of opportunity and you're bold enough and courageous enough to go for it, uh, these things can still happen for you. So, you know, you've built a fantastic career on the back of, an opportunity that just presented itself, but you were bold enough to go for it. Is that is that a fair summary? Um, uh, do you know what? I don't think it's bold at all, and I think that um, uh, um, and I and I, I take your compliments and I welcome them, but I don't think it's being brave or bold or 
Um, I think it's the opposite of that. I think it's um, just not being in, in inhibited by things. And so um, we spend, like the, the youth of today and the youth of my day always got told um, the things you're not good enough at, the things you can't do, the things that aren't for you. And I've always raged against that. When we were, um, uh, I don't think that, I think anyone can start a business. I think anyone can be successful. And I don't think that that, that um, society as a whole should be talking down on people and saying, do you know what? Like, um, yeah, I put myself forward for a um, an opportunity, um, but that's just normal. Um, and everyone should be doing it. So we should be normalizing um, uh, bravery, boldness, whatever the, the taglines are, because actually, do you know what? Anyone can do it. And it's the things that, the negative things that we drag around with us that stop us from doing it. The insecurities, the, the fears, like forget all of that stuff. Um, you know, let's crack on. And certainly if um, uh, I've, throughout my career in business, um, I've come across people who um, have uh, made a living out of uh, um, uh, putting people down and not lifting them up. Where my whole um, uh, like operating system is about lifting up and pushing forward. And let's lift everyone up, you know? Let's lift everyone up and let's get going and let's all have a lovely time. Um, it doesn't need to be like, this is for you and this isn't for you. Like, this is for everyone. So let's all just crack on. This, this wonderful effervescence and, and joy of life that you have, Jolion, um, has it got anything to do with yoga? Because, I mean, um, you, you said to me before we started today that you hate we had a bit of a technological problem, uh, which we fixed. But it took about five minutes and you patiently waited and you said, I hate waiting. But yoga, which is something I know you practice regularly, has yeah. helped you to deal with it. So we'll talk about challenges and how you overcome them. One good example of that is, uh, well, tell us about yoga and why it's important. And I know this is kind of a bit off topic, but I, I'm really interested in this because I, it's been the savior of many people that I know. Yeah, so I've got the, I've got, I was given yoga classes by um, uh, a girl that used to work with me called Marianne. And she gave me yoga classes with this amazing teacher called Molly Morris, Molly um, Evie Yogini. Um, and um, she um, uh, started teaching me yoga three years ago. It was our, it was our anniversary on Valentine's Day. Um, which my girlfriend like was a bit weird about the fact that I've got an anniversary on um, with another girl on. And anyway, we'll move on from that. And hopefully she never listens to this. So yoga um, for me is um, Molly started with teaching me how to walk and teaching me how to breathe. The simplest of things that we take for granted. And um, as uh, I've grown into uh, understanding more about yoga, it's, um, it's about finding stillness and it's about connecting to your um, your soul, your energy. And I sometimes when I'm talking, I'm like, I listen to myself and I'm like, oh my God, like you sound like one of those tree hugging yogis that's kind of standing on their head for days. Um, but there's there's so much, there's so much benefit to be had from everyone to be able to um uh, slow down, connect with themselves and recognize that the voice in their head isn't them. Like, it's not you. That's just your subconscious banging on, making lists and, and telling you things that um, you really don't want to hear. It's not you and you don't have to be that person. You're the person that's listening to that stupid voice and connecting with that um, through yoga and understanding um, that is glorious. And it's really helped me with business. And also I'm... 
I, I wax lyrical about yoga because I'm so furious. It's, it's, um, it's so intimidating to go and start doing it as a guy. Uh, um, uh, oh, goodness gracious. Sorry. My, um, my daughter, Bobby, will keep ringing me, so I need to tell yeah, her g- to give, stop. Give, give Bobby a call. Let's do Is this live okay? on the podcast. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Hello, Bobby. You're on a podcast. I'm, on a, I'm doing a podcast, so I can't talk right now, but can I call you in uh, like half an hour? Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, yoga for me is really hot girls. Uh, yoga for me as an outsider was really hot girls, being super bendy, really slim, um, all knowing what they're doing, all being in some sort of club that I'm not a member of. Um, my first public yoga class I went to, um, uh, again, just over three years ago, I stood outside the class for 15 minutes, too scared to go in. Um, because it was so intimidating. I was a slightly fat, unbendy, middle-aged guy. And one of the things that I've realized is yoga is not just for super bendy 20-year-old women. It's for absolutely everybody. Everybody's carrying around this soul inside them. Everyone um, uh, can practice yoga. And um, one of the things that I've, um, I've really learned from my coaching with Molly and um, and for all of the other teachers that I've come across is that it's okay. Like you, you know, it's for everybody. And um, so, and in terms of how it's helped me from a business point of view, being able to silence your voice in your head and be able to really think and and um, uh, digest things. Some of the best ideas I've had over the last three years have come out of yoga. And mm. um, so, um, yeah, do it and get rid of all the stigma. You know, like it's just all of that stuff is made up and it's not true. The The reality is good yoga will um, will be a huge benefit for you. And it doesn't mean you need to stop eating meat and um, stand on your head and meditate for five hours every day. It doesn't mean like you doesn't mean you, you don't have to chant. You don't have to do all of that stuff. Um, but hey, breathing and being consciously connected in breath. I sound like Molly now um, uh, is um, is a wonderful thing and everyone should do it. Well, you've trotted out a few stereotypes there, but we're all sitting here thinking, oh, do you know what? That's exactly what I thought. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about disruption, because, I mean, obviously, we a lot of people talk about disruptors in business. And I think it would be fair to say you are one of those people. Um, your approach to business, Jolion, given your experience and the opportunities that presented themselves, you know, you you did disrupt your your marketplace. Is that something to do with the fact that at school you were kind of a natural disruptor, a bit like I was? Um, t- tell us why why you identified this opportunity, how it all came about, and and sort of where you're at right now. All right, so I um uh, I wanted I've always wanted to start my own business, and um uh, so as I went through my career, um I kept getting fired. And um, uh, and I kind of got to the stage where there's a certain and anyone that's been um, made redundant or um, or or fired or whatever exit from a business anyway um, a number of times will recognise this. There's a certain look people have on their faces just before they fire you, which is kind of like, oh god, I don't want to do this, and oh god, I've got to do this, and I, and it's kind of a dread. And I got to the point where I got used to seeing that face so often that I'd be like, okay. Um, uh, again, but it was because I wasn't willing to listen. I always had my own ideas of how things should be done. So when I got um, uh, uh, fired for the last time in um, in January 2012, 
I rushed home and said to my um, partner, um, uh, Joanna, um, uh, great news, I've been fired, um, but I'm starting my own business. And she kind of rolled her eyes and said, okay, I've got news too, I'm pregnant. And um, at that point, um, uh, the, the sensible grown-up thing that everyone tells you to do would have been like, okay, I'm going to go and get another job. I'm not going to take any risks. Um, but do you know what? Like, life is short, and I'm as good as any man. I'm no better, um, but I'm as good as anyone. And if I'm going to work hard and push on, then I'm going to I'm I'm going to go and build a business. So in August 2012, after much jiggery pokery. Um, signing over an open-ended personal guarantee on my house, which was miserable, by the way. It's like the, the biggest document you've ever seen um, that's, that basically says, if you get this wrong, the bank takes everything. That's, and then you have to go to a solicitor. And um, and this was all new to me. I go to a solicitor and then the solicitor says, don't sign it. This is like, this is a disaster. <laughs> and you, and then you sign into it. And um, uh, and then you you get given a small amount of money to start your business. So in August 2012, I started my business. And at that point, I hadn't thought of the brand Juice. I was just going to buy mobile phone accessories from China and sell them to retailers. And so when people talk about, um, I haven't started a business because I haven't had that big idea. I didn't have a big idea. I, the big idea, actually, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. Um, and it's so true. Like, put yourself in a situation where you've got to make it happen. And then, hey, watch, you'll make it happen. And so um, the business started in uh, August 2012. And I thought, um, in, my, in, in my brain, I thought, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to make money. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to have, like, um, freedom. I'm gonna, and it was a disaster. It didn't work at all. Um, so the first month, I, I started off with £100,000 um, as an overdraft given to me from the bank. The first month, I lost £20,000, which was just like, wow, I lost £20,000. Um, second month, I lost um, £25,000. Um, so now I'm down to, um, uh, I've lost 45000 of the 100 in the first two months. The next month, I lose another twenty. And, and then it's getting to the point where have I got enough money to carry on or not? And um, I had this one moment where I, um, uh, you've made a couple of comments about me exuding life and joy, but I drove, I, I drove back from my office one, one night um, and just cried the whole way, like cried the whole way because I thought, God, what have I done? I've lost my house. So I've, I've, my darling daughter, Betty, had just arrived. Um, I've lost my house. I'm, I'm going bust. This is a disaster. Um, and uh, then my partner, Joe said to me um, that evening, she could see I was slightly crestfallen. And she said to me that actually, um, sometimes all you can do when you're going through a difficult time is get up in the morning and go and go to the place where you're going to be working. And so the next morning, 6.30, got up and carried on pressing. And I got a break in Christmas 2012 where I got a meeting, a pitch with John Lewis. Um, and there's loads of different, um, uh, like it was a disaster. I was late for the pitch. Someone killed himself on the underground. Um, I had to sit in John Lewis's um, uh, um, head office waiting five hours. I finally pitched. It was awful, like awful pitch. They just looked at me like I was a madman. Um, but they, 
Um, uh, after lots of jiggery pokery again, they agreed to launch Juice, um, which was a, a plug in a carton um, uh, in at Christmas 2012 in John Lewis stores. And I got my first order for 5,000 units, which was just woohoo! Um, and uh, Juice was and still is the fastest selling. Uh, mobile power brand that John Lewis has ever launched. They sold 5,000 units in their first week. Consumers totally got it. As you um, go through the next, um, in my first trading year, I paid back all my losses and I, I made about £30,000 profit, which was like, oh my God, I've just put myself through all of that for £30,000. I could have gone and got a job. Um, and it was and, be, and, and been fired from it again. Yeah, and been fired eventually. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would usually last the first year. And then, um, and <laughs> thanks for the fired thing. I'm still getting over that. Um, uh, and then, um, and then uh, fast forward over the next six, seven, eight years, um, we are the UK and Irish market leaders. We sell more plugs and cables than Apple in the UK market. We are, um, uh, the business is, is um, uh, yeah, it's worth millions of pounds now. And um, I no longer have to secure my house on it. It bought me other houses. And it's been this huge success story. And um, it's still really hard work. It's still a labor of love. But um you know, it's all part of the story. And I sit here now um, in such a different situation to how I was when I started the business. And I'm so grateful for the people, all of the people that have helped me along my way because no one does it on their own, right? And so uh, all through my business career, all through the journey of Juice, I've, um, there's people, there's, there's people appear and they open doors for you. So if you if you behave yourself well, if you're if you're kind, if you're optimistic, if you just you know treat people well, all of a sudden people start looking after you. And there's been so many different buyers and so many different people along the way that have just um, I, the best way I can describe it is they just appear and open the door that you think is going to be closed forever, and you waltz through. And then um, you look back six or seven years later, and you're like, wow, look at me, I'm here. This is where I got to, but it's about being positive and it's about um, being open. And um, yeah, you have to tough it out, but I couldn't be prouder of where I am today. And um, and I owe lots of people thanks, but I'm 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 and I'm a, a, a very long way from done. You you should be proud. Uh, I also credit you with this. I, I did a lot of research. We do a lot of research when we're talking to our guests, or prior to that. And one of the things that I've seen time and time again is every time you've been nominated or received a, a business award, and there've been lots of those, you've always credited, uh, you refer to them as your team. You always credit other people, which I absolutely love. Um, did you ever did you ever sort of seek to disrupt the marketplace? Because I mean, uh, you've, you've talked a lot about the, the philosophical side of your, your growth and development, but what exactly do you do and what exactly sets you apart from your competitors, Jolian? Okay, so um, when I started the business in mobile phone charging, like mobile phone charging, let's be honest, it's boring, right? It's like, God, you you plug something in and you it charges your phone and you're like, oh, God, I'm done. And um, the, um, the whole of the mobile accessories market was just lazy, 
lazy and sitting there, um, just churning through um, the process where I looked at the market and I looked at mobile phone charging specifically. And I saw an opportunity because everyone was being lazy and just doing the same boring thing. People, um, we're all individuals. We like choosing things. So, you know, you chose your jumper or your sofa or your whatever it would be. And you had choice to do that. When it came to charging, none of that choice existed. So I wanted to make mobile phone charging. Um, I wanted to instill some life in it and instill some love in it. And so um, I wanted to bring design to it, knowing that people would choose to um, uh, buy a colored cable. I know it sounds ludicrous, but you buy a colored cable, you buy a, blue is my favorite color. I wanted to buy a blue cable. I couldn't buy a blue cable anywhere. So I went and made a blue cable. And now our top selling cable is a blue cable, a two meter aqua cable sells um, because no one else made a blue bloody cable. I, 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 I mean, I wish that I was more advanced than this, but I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to be able to go and buy things that are, um, that are, um, that are that express my personality. Why do I have to buy a black cable? And also I wanted a longer cable. Why couldn't I get a longer cable? I'm starting to ramble and shout cable a lot. Um, uh, but um, you, you get what I mean. Like I, uh, so when I came into this market, I also looked at everyone, all of the businesses that were the market leaders like Belkin and Griffin and all of these big established brands. And I didn't think they deserved the status that they got because they were being so lazy. So yeah, I wanted to chase after them and I wanted to um, rough them up a bit. I wanted to show them that they couldn't just sit there being lazy because someone hungry was coming after them. And that's me. And I, um, I've got, I've got a red. I've got a red cable in my car just because it matches exactly. the interior. Yeah, just because it matches the piping on my seats. So um, I know, and that's okay, right? You yeah. can do that. Like that's that's okay. So um, uh, yeah. Um, and so we absolutely, but we've disrupted the market in so many different other ways as well. The way we approach customers, we're the only brand to send Valentine's cards. Um, uh, to every single one of our buyers every year, and um, uh, with a plug on it saying the power of love. Um, we um, we engage um, uh, uh, with humans on a human level, you know. Like so, yoga again, company yoga. We're 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 yoga pushers. We really want people to practice yoga in the business, so we pay for people's yoga. All of my senior team get um, yoga coaches. Um, we all um, uh, work hard on ourselves. Uh, we have a summer party every year where we all go punting. So we were formed in Oxford um, uh, and we all go um, to this boathouse and drink champagne and fall in the River Cherwell. We have a lovely time. <laughs> um, it's about having fun. You know, it our really Christmas is. parties, we have, we have five bands. We have like starter bands and then um, feeder bands and... Um, Hey, we just want to have a nice time. And I, one of my main business ethic is business done well. Everyone, everyone can win. It doesn't have to be someone wins and someone loses, whether it's an employer, employee, a customer, a supplier, everyone can win mm. if you do it well. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so uplifting. I, I knew if I would feel this way having this conversation with you today. Um, we, we can't let the podcast go without talking about environmental stuff and, and why that's important. Are we doing enough as a society to tackle the whole environmental issue, Jolian? No, nowhere near. And it's, you know, it's not going to be society that 
changes it. So as much as I have huge regard for, um, what was that guy called that chained himself to a tree and lived in in the tree for six months to stop something? It was, he was famous some time ago. He had a, um, a new age traveler guy with dreadlocks and, and those guys that are out there, um, activists, their, um, their intention is to try and save the world and they're not going to be the ones that do it. It's going to be the guys in suits. And it's going to be the guys in um, venture capital business people that are um, going to save the world if they choose to. And the only reason that they're going to do it is because consumers um, change their habits. And people, um, so when um, I, I feel so strongly about um, having a responsibility as a business person and a human to not create a mess, you know, you wouldn't, um, uh, so... 18 months ago, two years ago, we were sitting there in a board meeting and we worked out that we were um, uh, we were generating around a million pieces of single-use plastic every year. And that plastic, not that we were really thinking about it, that plastic was then going to go and be buried somewhere or shipped off somewhere, but it was going to be around for the next couple of thousand years. And we all just sat there in a board meeting a bit like, God, you know, we do that. I tell my children off for dropping any litter. I pick litter up in the street, but there I am um, as the owner of the business, putting a million pieces of plastic out of sight, out of mind, off they go. And I, I remember that day and it hit me like a, um, a rock. I was like, God, what an idiot. That's who I am. That's what I am. You know, you're defined by your actions. So from that point onward, um, we decided to make a change. And we decided to, uh, um, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you try and do something that's positive and it's really, really hard and really easy to give up. You know, going out to source um, uh, uh, recycled, recyclable plastic, um, uh, trying to get plastic that was made out of the waste that we put in our, our bins every week, every couple of weeks when the bins get taken away. Um, we wanted to use um, waste plastic to remake um, packaging and then um, remake that packaging again into more packaging. So no more production of single-use plastic. And um, it was so hard because no one really cared about it. But I, summer last year, we got to the point where we no longer produced any single-use plastic in any of our packaging. Nothing, not one thing, not one thing. That um, So I'm not creating litter. And more to that, I am uh, creating a um, an ecosystem where we're taking waste, um, re reusing it, and reusing it, and reusing it, and reusing it forevermore, um, which is the right thing to do. But then um, I've got so much to say on this topic, and it all wants to come out at once. The, the reality is that um, we that's not being eco. I don't like the phrase eco. That's just being a, a reasonable human. That's just not being an idiot. You know, how did it become a great thing to be eco when actually it's not about being eco or, or considerate. It's about not being an idiot. And, um, and so you, what, what, for me, what I, when I look at the, um, the business market out there, people um, should take personal responsibility. The owners of businesses should take personal responsibility for what their businesses are doing as they would for what their children are doing or their friends are doing. You know, let's stop making it um, this separation between business and people. And uh, my faith in, I've, I've always believed in humankind and consumers. Uh, when we launched this initiative, 
it cost us, um, it cost me 250,000 pounds in increased cost of um, packaging. And it's so much money considering I started my business on 100,000 pounds. And that's a lot of money for anyone. We established at the start of this that I'm not posh. So I'm, I haven't got a big trust fund or um, inheritance. And so um, it felt like a lot of money. And it is. But we saw our market share go up by 8% um, uh, over the, the first three months of launch. Uh, to put that in perspective, we sold so many more units um, from exactly the same retail space. But consumers bought our product over other ones because we were being more mindful in how we were behaving ourselves as a business. Like those consumers care. So they, they, they actually, um, they will make their buying decisions based on um, uh, brands and products that are thinking about the way that they're conducting themselves. And all of those consumers deserve to be applauded. They make, they're, they're driving it forward. Um, we have now got 20% market share of the UK cable market. And it's being driven by consumers who are showing that they actually do want to make a difference give them an opportunity to do the right thing. And they will. And isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful that those people are out there? Those You always hear about the bad humans doing all of the bad things when actually, um, hey, the good humans far outnumber those bad humans. So let's have some faith in our kind. And um, if we all work together, businesses give the consumers the opportunity to make the change. The consumers will make the change. And um, that makes me smile. Well, uh, well, well said. I, I, pl I applaud everything you've just covered there. Um, one of the questions we ask, uh, well, the only question actually that's common to all our guests, Jolian, is um, talking to one of your kids. Let's let's imagine they come up to you and say, "Daddy, you know, I, I really admire everything you've achieved and what you stand for, and and the risks that you've taken." Um, you know, give me one of the, of the various rules, philosophies, mantras, whatever you want to call it, that you live by. If it was just one thing that I had to do, focus on, follow above all of the others, what would it be? But let me also add to that in, in brackets, if I may, to all of the people out there listening that say, gosh, you know, um, taking the risk, the break, the opportunity, the, the, the fun, the disruption and all those other amazing things you've covered. What what bit of advice would you give to somebody who's got a great business idea, but that's probably too scared to do anything about it? Somebody that's maybe got a bit of a challenge at the moment and doesn't know how to deal with it. Somebody who's just got a bit of a roadblock in life. It's kind of encapsulating all those things. I know that's a big question. What would be your advice to people out there, to your son, to your daughter, uh, that they could kind of focus on to help them transition in, in life and business? Um, it's really, so there's one answer to all of that um, for me, and um, that's uh, uh, believe in yourself, back yourself. Like, don't let other people tell you what you can and can't do. It's not up to them, okay? They can't say, that's a rubbish idea. That's not going to work. This is stupid. Sure, take advice, but don't let other people tell you that you're not good enough because do you know what? You are. You are good enough. You're good enough to do what you want to do. You're good enough to stand there and make a success of it. And if I can blast through any of those, um, those misconceptions, um, then, then I will do that for everyone. But believe in yourself and don't let people um, uh, tell you you're not good enough because trust me, you are. 
Well, well said. What's next? What's next for Julian? Um, so, I, so um, Juice is expanding internationally. So we're going to take our message um, to America. We're just um, talking about doing some work with Apple in Apple stores. Um, uh, we have got um, the first plant-based plug coming out. Um, so we have been investing over the last two years to make a product that is going to be home compostable. So your technology, when you don't need it anymore, you'll be able to um, take the electrical bit out, throw it in your garden, and, and it'll decompose into organic matter. So wow. we are going um, full home compostable technology um, where you will have um, speakers. So we're talking um, to some ginormous retailers about doing ranges for them, um, which is going to be um, tech made from corn. And um, uh, like we've got loads of different projects on that um, uh, going ahead. And we're also um, looking at making the first um, uh, headphones that are going to be made um, out of corn starch. Um, so yeah, more, more positive, fun stuff. And I'm enjoying it. More yoga too. And, <laughs> um, and um, uh, more having fun. I, I'm so excited about what Juice can achieve. Um, and I believe that if you do positive things, then positive things happen. So more positivity from us, more giving consumers the opportunity to make the right choice because we believe in them and we know that they will. I love it. I, I thought your one bit of advice would be call Molly Morris. <laughs> Ah, cool Molly yeah no don't I need her yeah um, I think uh, I think you're gonna to have to give me a number I think uh I've got to an age where now where I don't think I'm gonna ever get my head anywhere near my knees so Molly, I, I need to me right out don't worry go. um you mentioned earlier about sitting in a board meeting which I almost with great respect I almost can't imagine um <laughs> so there's the guy the kid from school that was argumentative always cracking jokes does that still carry on in the boardroom? Yes, they have to. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got really, I've got, um, I've got very sensible people on my board um, who um, can tell when I'm switching off. They send me away. They send me off to have a break. You go and have a break now. You go and have a little sit down somewhere. You go and do something else, and then come back in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. And that that guy um, is never going away. I, um, I'm, I'm afraid I can't be anything but me. Um, and I'll never ask anyone else to be anything but themselves. I, I love the fact that I've, today I've met somebody who's still 18 in his head. And, uh, <laughs> well, 18 and, a stretch. It's true. I am. <laughs> I'm the same. I, I was just thinking uh, when we started speaking, this is a guy really got to meet up with kind of, you know, at another time. And, and then the, the longer this podcast has gone on, I thought, I don't know, that might be dangerous, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we might lose we're a couple of days. We're, we're probably probably end up getting thrown out of any establishment hey, we walk um, into. We, we, um, we do Glastonbury every year, so maybe we should do it there. Juice is one of the sponsors of Glastonbury. So um, uh, maybe Glastonbury next summer, we can have a beer. Let's let's do that. Okay. Um, Jolien Bennett, I've... Oh, <laughs> Jolian uh, <laughs> or Joe or whatever you go by. Um, it's been honestly, sincerely, and it, and I know I would say this to every guest as a matter of courtesy, but genuinely today has been uplifting, enlightening, great fun, and very, very informative. I, I honestly couldn't have asked for a better guest. You, you are everything that everyone I've spoken to said you are. Um, so thank you so much for being a really, really wonderful and fun guest. Hey, thanks so much. I really enjoyed it.